At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You're listening to the Zinger Nation Power Hour, where we give you the rundown on the hottest trades and stock ideas. For the best experience and most up-to-date information, tune in live on the Benzinga YouTube channel weekdays at noon. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Ready to rumble! Zinger Nation jam-packed show today. Peloton of 5%. What's up, discipline investor? We have Benzinga CEO Jason Raznick here with us. The man, the myth, the legend, Tom Nash. Peter Schiff on the Power Hour with us live today. Interesting, different, unique, innovative companies. Mia, you are live with us on the Power Hour. What's up? Thank you so much for inviting me on. Jessica Billingley, that is the CEO of Aperna. The best trade idea resource out there. Yo, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday. We are back at it. Another week, a shortened week. Uh, but what's up, Mr. Drew? Thank you for coming on and hanging out with me today. Of course, I'm doing quite well. How about you? Doing well, doing well. It's a Monday morning, my favorite day of the week. Every week, because I have the most energy on Mondays. Um, so, so, so let's dive straight into it, guys. I'm going to start today off the way that I start every single day, which is to remind you of the point of this show. Wow, Rohan popping in for a second there, producer Rohan, and I hear myself twice. Uh, producer Rohan, Aaron was having that issue too on Friday, but all right, guys, the power hour, the, the reason why we're doing this show two hours every single day is because we want this to be the best trade idea resource out there. That is what we are going for. Ideas, not just coming from myself, not just coming from Drew, not even the guests that we're bringing on. We've got some good guests. Today. I'll get to those in a second, but most importantly out of Zinger nation, that's all of you out there in the community, hanging out with us every single day while we do this thing, guys. Drop your favorite stocks that you're trading today in the chat. Let, let, let's get some ideas going. I, I think that we'll, we'll, we'll have some time. Uh, Drew, are, are you ready for, for this lineup, this agenda today? I don't know yeah. if we're going to get through it all. Let's see it. Let's see it. I'm hyped up. All right. So 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 I guess we'll start on the guest side of things. Uh, we're we're going to have two guests today. Uh, Danielle Shea, Simpler Trading, is going to be talking about option strategy and giving us some option setups. That's at 12.30 Eastern in, in about 30 minutes from now. Uh, and then 1 o'clock Eastern, our favorite young investor is going to be coming back on with us, giving us some stock picks. I've got to talk to him about created ticker CRTD, Charlie Romeo Tango Delta. That's a stock that I got into. It's a content play off of him. It has been an NFT ripper. Uh, so, so I definitely want to talk about that one. So, so, so that's on the guest side of things. Outside of guests, um, 
last week we, we we did a covered call trade on Visa, and then we did put selling on Palantir. I said we would track these trades all the way through completion, so you guys can understand exactly how these transactions work, how how we make money through with them as time goes on, etc. So so we will go through those. Uh, I want to talk about some of the NFT stocks, Drewski. Uh, you know, we, we had Zinger Nation crowdsource a list of them. So let's pull that list up. Let's share it in the chat. Uh, and let's talk about if, if the NFT ones are still relevant. I mean, they, they, they've had a little nice little run over the past two weeks. Uh, I want to do a lesson on due diligence. And then, of course, we're going to have our chat challenge. We're, we're Zinger Nation. We're trying to figure out who is the best stock picker in the chat. The winner this week getting a nice Benzinger Pro. We haven't done a Benzinger Pro giveaway in a little bit, but... Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a shortened week. You know, we got to celebrate a little bit. How's that? Sounds good. And then, of course, guys, drop the tickers in the chat. We'll we'll get to them. I see K T O S is one of them. A C T G. I'm jotting them down. K T O S. Uh, let's see. A C T G. We'll do Dolphin D L P N. So, all right, there there there's there's a good basket of tickers. Again, if you have more, drop them in. And, and Drewski, check this out. I, I have a new soundboard today. Uh, I, I don't know what any of these sounds are. I'm just going to press a couple, okay? There you go. Okay, I like that. Excellent. Show me the money. Oh, groovy. Oh, no shit infinity and beyond all right good so we're gonna have some fun today too all right <laughs> how does that sound sounds great we're gonna be hitting some random sounds throughout the day i used to have a, a basket of 10 now i've got literally maybe in the hundreds oh that's hot that's hot okay all right well we'll figure that out okay if i fat fingered that one a little bit um but all right, Drewski, let's let's start off with a, with a little bit of news today. But before we dive into this agenda, um, you know, in, in case anybody hasn't heard, the tanker is officially cleared. Uh, it, it is moving north, uh, going to an anchor spot. So even though it had to to be stuck and hang out for about a week, it's now going to anchor up. I'm sure that they want to see, make sure there's no damages before they send it throughout the ocean. Uh, but but trade is set to resume. Um, you know, we, we had a, a couple things going for us that got that tanker dislodged. Uh, it was a combination of raising tides uh, along with some tugboats that, that were able to, to eventually dislodge uh, part of the tanker or part, part of the ship yesterday. Uh, the rest of it today. So it is officially opened up and moving again. That's in the Suez Canal, one of the busiest trade routes in the world. Um, you know, we, we saw a lot of goods that were being rerouted to go all the way down around Africa. Uh, that adds, adds about two weeks or so to total travel time. So, so we are all happy that that, that is dislodged and moving. Uh, other other news, Drewski, uh, have you taken a look at small cap stocks recently? I have not. All right. So, so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here. Let, let, let's talk about small cap. I, I logged into my brokerage account today. No, notice that I, that I was getting hammered. Here, here's a one-month chart. Um, and, and the reason why I'm getting hammered is because I own a lot of the Russell 2000. That, that is the ETF uh, that, that, that tracks the Russell 2000, the, the small cap index. Uh, the Russell has, has been having uh, some difficulties recently. So, so, so check this out. Again, this is a one-month chart up on my screen here. I'll switch it over to one year. Here, here are daily candles. 
you can see that that the small caps have been moving a, a little bit differently than than their large cap brethren in in the S and P five hundred, uh, sitting a decent bit below the high. The high there is around two hundred and thirty five. Uh, you know now down to about two fifteen, about two and a half percent lower. Uh, if if we go ahead and we pull up the same one year chart daily candles here on the S and P five hundred, you see we're still hanging out pretty damn close to all time highs. Um, you know, p- part of the thinking here on my end is, is that it's a little bit of rotation, maybe, right? We, as we've seen some more of this recent market volatility, um, you know, m- maybe some investors are starting to get spooked, right? That we, we we've seen rotation out of a lot of tech names and a lot of out of a lot of these high flyers and into some of these more stable traditional names. Uh, I think that the same thing could be happening with small caps, right? Or where some of some of these these more volatile stocks, the, these companies that that have more exposure to to just general economic risks, uh, you you see funds rotating some money out of uh, and and into you know so, some of these more stable, more boring, large cap peers. Definitely. And, yeah, our, our, I've got a decent amount of small cap exposure, both through the stocks that I own and through the ETF. Um, you know, but but I don't know that that that's that's what I've got on that front. Anything to add there, Drew? Yeah, I also pretty big into small caps. You know, I, I call it the Jamias and phase. You know, I wouldn't necessarily close small caps, maybe more towards the mid cap, but still stocks that are high growth and kind of getting hammered here. Um, what's interesting is the Fed said you know they're not going to raise rates. And we're kind of still seeing this this little bit of a frightened pullback. Let's call it. You know, it's not a thing. It's nothing too huge, but it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a downtick. Um, I still think there's a lot of value to be had here. Um, you know, you're seeing USO right there in the bottom, kind of up a little bit than the commodities, which is interesting still. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I think there's value. There's there's definitely some value now, and um, maybe it's a pullback that was needed. You know, things don't just go up forever in my eyes. You know, things go up, then they go down, then they go back up, right? So that's kind of what I think. Um, but yeah, that's my take. All righty. And then the, the the last piece of news that, that I want to touch on today, of course, we had a family office, a hedge fund exploding, um, you know, and, and that's sort of wrecking some of the banks today. So I, I'm sure that you guys have all seen the headlines, right? That, that, that we had a big fund, uh, you know, it ba- basically it, it blew up. Uh, and then banks are getting hit today on the heels of that. So, so let's, let's go ahead. I'm gonna pull up the charts of Credit Suisse. There you go, down 12% today. Again, this this is a one-year chart, daily candles. And I'm also gonna pull up Nomura. It's a Japanese bank, uh, down 13 and a half percent. Again, one-year chart, daily candles. And, and let's break this down j- just just to to dig beyond the headlines a little bit and, and explain how this happened. But but basically, you you had a fund. That, that had somewhere around $5 billion worth of assets. Uh, and, and then they levered that up to, to own, I believe it was a, a little bit more than $20 billion worth of stocks, right? So so it's like, you know, if, if you and your brokerage account, you know, d- deposit money worth five bucks, then you're using that to buy $20 worth of stocks. Uh, you know, what, what happened is some of these stock bets moved against the fund. Uh, the banks called and said, hey, you need to put up more collateral uh, in, in order to keep these positions on. The fund said, shit, we're out of money. We, we don't have any more collateral to put up. Uh, you, you know, it, it's th- that this is where we're at. The bank said, okay, we're going to go ahead and liquidate these positions for you. You know, the, the, the value of the fund, all, everything that they own is going to be cleared out. That that's all gone down to zero. The, the losses that were taken on leverage, that's a lot of what's going to be absorbed by these banks. And so when you see a, a credit Suisse saying it's going to take a major hit on it, when you see no merit saying it's going to take a major hit on this, that's what's causing it. And, and I mean, it 
the the impact of this is crazy in my mind, right? I mean, let, let, let's go back to CS because it's a bigger bank, right? You you have a thirty five billion dollar stock, right? Global bank, global company. I mean, been around since like eighteen fifty. Or, or somewhere along these lines, down 12% on this news, right? They, they took so much of a hit on this fund blowing up that the stock is down 12%. They said this move is, is going to wipe out most, if not all, of their quarterly earnings for, for the whole quarter, for the whole bank. I mean, like like a maybe 50,000 employee bank, right? The, the, the actions from this one fund, uh, they, they called it here. I'll zoom in on our Benzinga Pro here. Highly significant losses is what they called it. They, they said they don't know what the exact amount is yet, right? They, they've got to figure out how much they can unload all these assets for. Because basically, they're going around, right? They're holding, let's say, $10 billion worth of stock for this fund. They've got to unload that all at once. They're saying, hey, uh, who's going to take $2 billion of this off of my hands at once? I'm going to give you a 20% discount on the shares if you can go ahead and grab those $2 billion off my hands and, and that sort of thing. Um, so, 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 so that's what happened. Um, you know, that, that, that's why it's, it's, you know, getting blown up today. Uh, and you see all the other banks, uh, following suit a little bit, right here. Here's our JP Morgan down, down almost 2% today. Let's go maybe to Morgan Stanley down about 4% today. Um, and, and, in both of these banks, right. I just pulled two examples, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, neither of them said that, Hey, they're exposed to this fund and going to take losses from it. The, the, these stocks are, are moving, uh, basically off of the implied risk to the entire system. Um, you know, bank of America, that that's the one that I own, um, you know, here I'll, I'll click over to the live portfolio. And if you guys are new to the show, Every single day, what, what we do is, is we show my, my live brokerage account. These are the stocks that I actually own, whether we're up or down. You see we're, we're down about a G today. Uh, we're, we're showing it because we want this to be the most uh, uh, you know tra- transparent stock market show out there. But but check this out. Um, you know my, my Bank of America calls. I own the January 2022 calls at 35 bucks, down, down 10% on this news. Uh, where, where are you at with this one, Drewski? Yeah, I think it's interesting, but in the grand scheme of things, it's just a short-term little hurdle. Um, if you like Credit Suisse, Suisse um, maybe pull the trigger on that. I, I really do not know too much about these institutions. I mean, I know Bank of America, JP Morgan. Uh, I've looked at them in the past, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of just a short-term thing. Obviously, you know, it might hurt them for a quarter, but a year from now, I don't think people are going to be talking about it. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of in a similar boat, right? Where where I think that this is a little bit if 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 you like the sector, if you like the individual names, I mean, I think especially if you like the sector, if you like the individual names, it's a buy the dip opportunity. If you don't, it still might be a buy the dip opportunity. Uh, I'm right now currently have a decent amount of bank exposure. We just looked at that that Bank of America position again. I, I have the the 2022 Bank of America calls. Uh, plus, I own several of these small community banks. Uh, we, we, we can talk more, more about these, uh, uh, in, in the future and why I like the community banks, some of these small banks. Um, but, but I'm with you on this one, Drew. I think this is definitely a little bit of a buy the dip opportunity, especially if you like the individual stocks. All right. There, there's our news update. Uh, Drew, I will let you pick what we do next. We, I'll, I'll, I'll give you three options. How's that? I like that. All right, you like the three options? So so we can do updates on the, the covered call and put selling trades that we did in the live portfolio last week. So there's option one. 
option two, we can do NFTs. Talk talk about some of these NFT stocks. Uh, and 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 pull up. We're gonna we're gonna share that reshare that sheet that that Zinger Nation. All you out there in the chat, dropped in your NFT ideas in there, so so we can do that. Or or number three, we can pull tickers out of the chat. Ooh, let's start with your positions, Luke, because I know Palantir is down a little bit. I wonder how Visa is reacting. Um, should be interesting. I want to hear your take on this, especially right because. If I'm not mistaken, I believe you sold the $22 put on Palantir, and it's kind of right around there. So that's kind of a win in my eyes if you snipe the price of your put selling, just because if you think about it, right, you're getting paid and you're buying the shares like just at strike price, obviously a little bit lower. Maybe you're, you're going to fade actually getting put and, you know, you walk away with some cash. Like that's a win scenario. Like that's the best case scenario. And I think you did a really great job of picking a strike price. All right, let's do. We're gonna try a new sound effect. On target. Okay. No. Eh, 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 eh. Medium. <laughs> we we give it a five out of ten. Okay. Um. Oh, that'll be fun. All right. La- later on in the segment, we're gonna have people rate. Once I get through <laughs> the ideas, right, and we go through the stocks, but was I really do the the thing that's most important for me to get to today is, is going through like like a due diligence lesson, right? I get all these questions about how do you do due diligence on a company. That's the one thing I want to make sure we get to. Once we get through that, let, let's let's do a battle of some sound effects and, and have the group uh, uh, vote whether whether to keep some or not. Um, but all right, Drew, you picked it. Let, let's do some options trade updates. Uh, so so last week, uh, as examples for the group, I'm going to start with the more boring one. Uh, we, we sold covered calls against our Visa position, and then we also sold puts against Palantir. So, so covered call trade, I'm, I'm just going to give the high level. I'm not going to walk through the whole thing. Um, and somebody said, do you still have your support.com put? I do. We'll look at that one in a second, too. Let's jot that one down. SPRT. Um, but all right, co- covered calls. Ba- basically, the, the reason why I like covered calls um, is, is that it's a way to create income on the stocks that you own, right? So, so Visa, it's a stock that I own. I own 200 shares of the stock. And then what I do is I sell two calls at a time uh, against the stock each month. Okay, so so if we go ahead, let's sort this in alphabetical order. There we go, Visa. All right, so 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 what we did last week is we sold the calls that were expiring about a month out. So that's April 16th uh, at the $240 strike uh, for $2.73. So that's $273 a contract, about $550 per set of two contracts. We've now earned 94% of, of what we can own in this uh, uh, trade, right? So the, the risk that we take on when we sold these puts uh, is that we might have to sell our shares of Visa at $240 a share. That's above where the stock was currently trading. So, so my worst case scenario is let's say Visa was trading at around 225 at the time, which I believe it was. I'm going to have to sell my shares at 240 higher than the stock is right now. Um, and then I'm getting paid 550 bucks to do that. The best case scenario is that Visa is somewhere between 225 and 240 on April 16th. And then I collect my 550 bucks for selling the two contracts. Uh, and then, then we're all good to go. I, I see Bill Big D in the chat doing a quick chat scan. What's, what's up, Zinger Nation? Uh, it's saying close those Visa calls. He is spot on with that, right? We've already earned 94% of everything we can earn, right? So if we take that 550-ish bucks, 
Okay, times 0.94%. So, so we've already earned uh, 517 out of about 550 bucks. There is no reason to leave this trade on. We might as well close it out. Um, so that's something that I'll do once we hop off the show today. So in order to save us a little bit of time, but, but visa trade, we're going to go ahead and close that one, rack it up as a winner. Let, let's, I don't know. Oh, do you hear the full good job? I only hear job. Yeah. You hear what? The full good job? Here, play it again. Good job. No, you're the whole thing. All right. So good job on that trade. Anybody who followed us into it, round of applause for you. I know we're, we're by ourselves. It's Monday. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. Maybe a pat on the back, warm the fingers up a little bit. You know, maybe get, 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 get us nice and limber for some trading. But but there it is on the Visa trade. We, we watched this whole trade through the life cycle on the show. We made the trade last week, um, you know, and we saw it come to fruition where we made pretty much 100% of, of everything we can make on the trade. Somebody in the chat is saying, why close it? B because for the, the room to make an extra 30 bucks, it's not worth having the risk on there or having to think about it, right? Let's, I mean, look at how many stocks I own, guys. I'm just going to scroll really quickly through the portfolio. I mean, you see a ton of positions that I own, right? That's not even the whole thing, right? That's just us, me randomly scrolling through a handful of them. You, you see it's a ton of stocks there. There, there. There's, you know, it's one less thing to manage around. Again, uh, for, for 30 bucks, let's close it out and let's do it again for the next month. But, but there it is on the Visa trade. The other one, Drewski, that you pulled up, the Palantir. Let's let's give a nice little sort here again. One thing I will say too, while Luke's pulling that up, is thirty-two dollars. Luke doesn't care about thirty-two dollars. All right, his portfolio is off a thousand dollars, down a thousand dollars. You know, maybe up a few grand. He could care less. I think most of us could too, right? Think about the risk. If this thing moves up all of a sudden, uh, he just lost that five hundred dollars. Money is not made until the trade is closed, right, people? So, talking those gains, you know, yeah, he could squeeze out a little bit of value, but in my eyes, it's just really not worth it, right? He could sell more puts further out, you know, start capturing more time decay, but there's really no reason for him to hold on to that for much longer, right? You, you, Drew, look how annoying this is. When I try to sort it alphabetically, it doesn't really work. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> some of them that are still left. All right, where's Palantir in here? Can you command that? Yeah, probably. Voyager still running. Let's go, Voyager. PLTR. Palantir. It's, I don't think yeah. I closed that. <laughs> All right, Drew. While I look for this here, I'm going to pull up the chart of Palantir. The, the interactive progress is a little screwy sometimes. Here's a one year chart, daily candles. Go ahead, give us the bull pitch on Palantir. You, you, this is your favorite stock. So just take us through the stock and the pitch, and I'm gonna go look for my trade. It might take me a second to reload this page, etc. Definitely, yeah. So Palantir, it's it's just chilling right at this kind of nice, we'll call it support line ish thing, trend line, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's it's touched down to 23, 22, and it's just kind of hanging out here, right? There's not much action going on. But in my eyes, I think the stock is going to absolutely kill it. Um, I was doing some due diligence on them yesterday, and it looks like they plan to be profitable 24, 25, you know. So we got a few years until this company is technically profitable. But it looks like they're just still growing revenue at an exponential level. I mean, the chart is really and so why do you own the stock? Why do is I own it? Or the revenue growth? Yeah, okay. So there's multiple reasons. One is, you know, the revenue growth I think is – 
going to be extremely strong, especially when they kind of go more towards corporations. You know, they've only been really focusing on governments and like corporations are going to be an absolutely huge market. And also I think data and like the industry that Palantir is in is kind of just dominated by them, right? There's no really huge player that's able to do things that they are able to do, right? Peter Thiel is and, one and basically, rule. Basically, it, it's it's like a data mining company, more or less. Yes or no? Um, kind of. Yeah, I mean, they're really good at figuring out, you know, certain things. Like rumors are that they found Osama bin Laden. You know, there's all types of yeah, crazy stuff. Cool. I didn't know that one. Um, yeah, so they kind of are like a data mining company, but they're they're really able to leverage it in so many different ways. I know they do stuff for like automotive companies. They do stuff for BP. Like they're in literally every single industry. It really doesn't matter. Their data can basically be applied to anywhere to help. These and, and, let, and let me ask you one more question. I found the trade, so so we'll get to it in a second here. Um, but but uh, God damn it, the columns are all screwed up now. <laughs> all right, whatever. I I have it. We'll get to it in a second. Uh, but but the but the other question I have about this stock is is with regard to their uh uh. Uh, like private contracts, right? Not not the 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 government contracts, but but the um, uh, like selling to the Fortune 500 companies. Is, is that something that that's new to them? Have they been in that business for a while, etc.? Yeah, so I believe their two products are called Foundry and Gotham, right? And the one that they just launched, which is for corporations, is super new. I believe they really, you know, took off maybe late 2019, 2020. Don't quote me on that. But, you know, it, it is relatively new, right? And the contracts that they've been pulling, you know, they're like a $22 million contract, maybe a $30 million contract, but nothing huge, right? So where they're at right now at that is is a joke to them, right? It's good to see that companies are interested and willing to pay for their products, but the money right now is a joke. And I think eventually it will be these huge dollars and they'll just have a huge client base, right? This is a company that was like, we don't even need salespeople. And now they're starting to hire salespeople. So I think they're going to really be doubling down on that type of stuff. All right. And, and I, I have the trade that we did. Again, we're, we're doing updates on, on two trades that we made on the show last week. We, we, we did covered calls uh, against our uh, our Visa stock position, and we went ahead and we sold puts on Palantir. So 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 let's break this one down. I'll talk about put selling at a high level for a second and then get into the specifics of the trade and where we are at. Um, but but basically, we, we sell puts against stocks that, that were absolutely 110% okay owning for the long run, right? Because your, your worst case scenario when, when, when you're selling puts is pretty bad. Right, we're, what we we did so so check this out. We we sold the April sixteenth twenty two strike Palantir puts, um, and and so basically what what we are promising to the person who's on the other side of this trade is that we will buy shares of Palantir for twenty two dollars if they so force us to do that. Okay, so so if the stock went down to one dollar per share between now and April sixteenth, we still have to buy it for twenty two bucks, and and that's why I only do this on stocks that I'm absolutely okay holding for the long run. Fine to throw it in the long-term portfolio, not forget about it for, or not think about it for a while. All right. So, so the stock was at about 25 bucks when we went ahead and we made this trade. It's since pulled back. Last price on this one, 21.72. Um, so, so, so it's definitely gotten hammered a little bit uh, uh, within the past week since we made that trade. And, and what we did was we sold the puts for 92 cents each per contract. 
Uh, so that, that essentially makes it makes our break even price twenty one dollars and eight cents on the stock. Uh, we, we collected those ninety two dollars per contract right away when, when we sold it. And again, the, the risk that we're taking on is that we might have to buy the shares for, for $22 between sometime between now and, and April 16th. All right, again, because we get that credit when we sell the uh, uh, the, the puts right away, again, our break-even price is $21.08. So, so we're still looking okay on this trade, not great. Um, you know, if, if the stock goes down to 20, we're buying it for 22. It goes down to 18, we're buying it for 22, et cetera. The stock stays above that $22 strike price. We collect those $92 per contract. We, we just keep it rolled up in the account, and then we're on to the next trade. So, so those are the updates on those two. And now I'm going to try a new sound. It says LeBron James. I don't know exactly what that is. We'll give it a go. LeBron James. All right. I was going to be that. <laughs> okay, I, I had no no idea that it was going to be that. Um. But all right, Drewski, we, we, we have a very special guest ready to join us. Coming to us from Simpler Trading, Danielle Shea. Uh, let, let, let me roll our nice little special guest video. Danielle, what's up? Welcome to the Power Hour. Thank you for joining us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. And it looks like you have a fish tank in the background. Yes, I do. It's a saltwater tank. Okay. Can you take us through what we're looking at in the tank? Definitely. So I have a Blenny. Uh, he's pretty awesome. A couple different starfish. And uh, right now I'm working on getting a couple more because one of them actually jumped out of the tank. But Wait, the starfish <laughs> jumped out of the tank? No, it was a goby, actually. He tried to escape. So I'm, I'm a little low on fish right now, but I have some more coming. Wait, what's a go... Okay, hold on. I think we're all Googling this now. Goby fish. Okay. All right. Wow. That poor little guy jumped out. Okay. There's the screen. There's a goby. Did I spell it wrong initially? No, yeah. that's right. My oh. son picked him out. It was a sad day. You know, Google helped me a little bit, but all right. Well, you know, we'll, we'll get some more goby in the tank, I suppose, for, for next time you're back. Um, but, but Daniel, why, why don't you go ahead and get us started? You sent over some market thoughts, uh, you know, and, and maybe give us a little bit of background on yourself as well. And, and let's just dig straight into it. Sure. So I'm Danielle Shea. I'm the VP of options at Simpler Trading. I primarily trade in a directional momentum style. Um, trade a lot of options. I definitely buy and hold stocks as well. And uh, you can find me in the Simpler Trading trading room. And I also have my own options picking service. So uh, mainly all about options and directional. Awesome. And when you say you're trading options, like uh, what, what sorts of option trades are you making? Like, are, are you selling credit? Um, you know, are, are you sort of picking stocks with them and, and, and buying, you know, calls or, or puts outright? Tell, tell us about that a little bit. So it really just depends on the overall market condition. Um, you know, when the market has a little bit more momentum, especially like what we saw in January and last year, it was definitely buying a lot more long calls. Um, but right now I'm doing a lot more multi-leg option strategies. So I'll buy butterflies. I sell credit spreads. I'll sell naked puts, um, just stuff like that, just due to the volatility. Okay. Awesome. All right. And, and, and I guess, uh, but before, before I ask some questions about that sure. down some notes, um, yeah, tell us where you're at with this market. You said, you said your option strategy depends on, on how the market looks, what you're seeing in the market. 
So, so what are you seeing today, the, these past couple of weeks, et cetera? Well, you know, it's been pretty volatile as, a, as I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, and your members know. And, and so for that reason, I've really been focusing on using strategies with wider ranges when you're just buying long calls or puts, and then you have these situations where, you know, one day the market's up 4% and then it's down 4%, it can be really difficult to trade uh, with just long option strategies. And so for that reason, I'm using a lot of butterflies. I mean, basically right now, we just have the NASDAQ stuck inside a range, right? We're stuck between the 100 and 200 simple on the downside, and then you've got that overhead resistance at the 50 simple. Um, but in good news, because we're consolidating and because the NASDAQ has been a little bit of a laggard, I mean, I am gonna, I am looking for the NASDAQ to eventually break out of that consolidation. And I'm personally betting on it going to the upside, even though it looks a little bit weak right now. Woo, all right. More <laughs> bull times ahead. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yes, I think we'd all be glad to hear that. Um, okay, and, and then what, what about small caps? I mean, the, the, the Russell has been getting hammered, and today is another one of those days, down down about 2.5% almost. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, it's just – this is just how this market has been. One day up, one day down. The Russell right now, because it's broken down below that 50 simple over the course of the past week or so, it doesn't look as good as it, as it previously looked. But because of the relative strength that it has, I am still looking for some more upside there. I mean – there's a couple different stocks specifically that I like. I like MDP, Crocs, Yeti, Sonos. Um, these are some small caps that I think are pulling back and look pretty good. But I mean, the main concern for me is just all of the high beta names. Uh, a lot of the names that have been really strong throughout last year and the beginning of this year as well. At first, when we started seeing the sector rotation coming out of them, I think everybody was waiting to buy the dip, buy the dip. And at this point, it just isn't really clear that it's going to actually go higher after the dip. So I think my biggest concern right now is just those high momentum names, especially a lot of the COVID names that we've been trading. Okay. And and, and you named a couple small cap stocks that you like, like, like Meredith, Crocs, Sonos. Those are three that I caught. Any of them that we can dig into a little bit deeper and talk about? Yeah, sure. So what do you want to do? Set up some trades or? Just yeah, let's do it. I love setting up trades. All right, let's do it. And, and um, if you have a screen to share, you, you can share it too. Otherwise, I can I can keep control of the screen. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, uh, oh, okay. I see, I see. I haven't used this streaming platform that you have. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty simple, right? All right, let me see if I can figure that out. All right, you can do it. And, and check this out. We got a new soundboard today, too. It's got like 100 sounds on it. I'm sort of just working through it. Let's uh, let, let's try this one. Shots fired! Shots fired! All right, that's a decent one. Okay, that, that one gets the pass. I, I said later in the show today, if we have some downtime, we're, we're going to let the, the audience vote on, on which sounds we keep and which we kill. Um, you know, so, so some nice things that come with the streaming platform. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I really like it. It's great. All right. I got my screen shared. Yep. All right. We see it. All right. So looking at Sonos here. First of all, I like Sonos. Do you have any Sonos speakers? Yes, we do. And I can't really point my camera up in this office, in uh -huh. this Benzinga HQ, Detroit, Michigan. We, we are fully Sonos surround sounded uh, through, through the ceiling. It's pretty cool. Well, perfect. So if you're like me, I mean, I like to buy stocks 
of companies that I actually like, right? Yep. Um, but the reason why I like this one here is because you see that last quarter, you had a really nice gap, breakaway gap that never came back and filled. Well, I'm sorry, two quarters ago, actually. And the quarter before last, you had yet another breakaway gap. And so typically when I see that pattern and then I have another earnings And these report, are daily candles that we're looking at, I assume? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Five-year uh, daily chart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And then you can see how there is a an earnings report coming up, which is going to be on May 5th. So typically when we have this pattern, I'm going to try to get my drawing tool, um, where you have those two breakaway gaps in a row, usually you're going to see a rally into the next quarter's earnings report because people are going to be anticipating that they had such a great report um, twice in a row. And so typically you're going to see it rally into that level. Okay. And, and earnings date is, how do I trust you, Benzinga Pro here? All right. So so it's, it looks like it's going to be early May. Yes. Does that sound about right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, so May 5th, that's the, the estimated date per the Benzinga news team. Um, okay. And, and so, so basically the, it, the, the stock has gapped the, these last couple of earnings reports. And, and so, so the, the bull case for the stock is, is that we'll, we'll probably see a run up into the, this upcoming earnings report. Is, is that a fair summary? Yes. Okay. All right. I like it. And then is there anything that you, that you could see on the chart that would make you bearish on the stock? Like, is there, are there any levels you're watching that, hey, if it drops below this, I'm, I'm bailing, uh, et cetera? So usually I use the 50 simple. Um, with the volatility as of late, 50 simple has been a, you know, we've seen some price action right around it on a couple different key stocks. But that is typically the level that I use in a trending market. Um, I would say really the 100 would be a, a pretty key line in the sand that if we really see a breakdown and a shift below the 50 simple, and then you also have, you know, your candles trading below here, then that's kind of the point where I would, I wouldn't look at it any further. I think my main concern with stocks like this right now is yep. just what I was saying about the kind of the high momentum names is that a lot of them are really starting to break down. But this one, even though it is down 3% today, it really has just pulled back to the 34 EMA on a daily chart. So, I mean, it's really not a, I mean, it's not a deep pullback by any measure and it's a great viable level for me. Okay. All right. I like it. One trade idea already. Can we do another one? Sure. Which one do you like, Yeti? Let's do Yeti. I don't know if we've ever talked about Yeti on this show. It's a good one. So I like um, I like Yeti. I own the stock, and I also have a ton of a ton of Yeti. I have the Yeti cooler. I've got the mugs and everything. I'm out here on the lake, so I use it all the time. Okay. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of that. But um, I really like on this one, same thing. You know, you've got the pattern where you have an earnings report coming up. On this one, on the daily chart, it does look a lot sloppier than what you're seeing yeah. with Sonos. Um, but because of that sloppiness, I use what is called the squeeze. You ever use the squeeze? No. What's the squeeze? 
So the squeeze is just a consolidation breakout pattern. So it's going to be this guy right here. Basically, when these uh, bars light up, you see you have white, 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 and red. That just means that the chart pattern is consolidating and it's likely to break out. So the last time we had one, you know, it went from fifty dollars a share. Wait. So so what is the squeeze an indicator of? It, it's. It, it's consolidation breakout. So basically okay. saying that the ticker is consolidating and if it's and if it's a trending chart, then it's likely to break out in the direction of the trend. If it's okay. a non-trending chart, then it's kind of a toss-up. Okay. So if you look at, you know, the last one right here, it did go, it did trade higher in the direction of the trend. And um since it's been consolidating around this $70 price point, basically I'm looking for it to make the next leg higher. So that's a daily chart. If you look at it on a weekly chart, it's also consolidating on the weekly chart as well. So when I have a chart that's been consolidating, not only on the daily, but on the weekly chart and building up that momentum for a while, then I'm looking for that eventual momentum breakout. Awesome. And, and yeah, we, we, we hear from a lot of people who, who like these, these sort of sideways charts with, with the expectation that it's going to break. It, it's, it's been stuck for a minute. It, it's going to find its time. It's going to have its day and, and finally rip, rip higher. Yes. And I, that's, that's exactly what, what kind of tickers I trade. Um, primarily though, it has to be a ticker that is moving in the direction of the trend. I mean, it can't just be, you know, a chart that's been trading sideways for a year going nowhere. I really like to look for relative strength names. So anything, you know, that's going to be up when the market's down or perhaps not down as much when the market's down. I also like to look for ones that are holding the key moving averages on the daily chart. Definitely the 50 simple is a pretty key level, but as you can see, the 50 simple on my chart is going to be this yellow one. So okay. you can see that it has traded above and below it, but I really just kind of equate that to the amount of time that it's been in consolidation and it's still holding this 100 simple. So for me, that's still, you know, a good tradable chart. And um, with the earnings report, it's it's all the way out in May. So we have some time there. That That's one where I wouldn't really mind buying some long calls on it. But I mean, I do own the stock and I do think that it's a it's a good spot to add some more stock as well. The okay, so, so would, would you buy and, and are you suggesting like, like, like if you were to get long the stock via calls, you're, you're picking expiration that's before earnings or afterward? So if I'm going to buy the calls, I like to buy the calls in the earnings series because I like to capitalize on the rise in IV going okay. into the report. Um, and then if I'm going to buy the stock, I just like to buy it obviously as low as I can. So when I get a pullback, I typically buy it at the 50 and it's sitting right on the 50 right now. So that would be a good spot for me to either pick up the stock or the long calls. The thing about the run into earnings typically is it usually works a little bit better on a 21 day time frame prior to the report. So we're still, you know, we're still a decent ways away from entering a 21 day time frame. So it, mm -hmm. I would just say it's a little bit early right now for the actual options trade. Okay. And, and let, let me ask this, when, when you're getting long a stock via, via calls, generally speaking, mm -hmm. uh, what, what goes into your thought process for picking out the strike price? So first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to decide, you know, is this a run into earnings or not? Because a pretty much pretty much all of the trades that I'm doing right now 
are going to be trades where I'm looking for a run up into an earnings report just because of this, where we are on the calendar. Um, and so if that's the case, and if the company has a report coming up in the next 21 to 34 days, then I'm definitely going to be buying the long calls in the same series in which it reports earnings. Um, and that's because you're going to see that rise in IV as well as hopefully a rise in price. So sometimes, you know, if you're wrong and it trades flat, the price of the options are still going to go up because the implied volatility is rising going into the earnings report. So that's why we do it that way. Um, and the next piece of that is I'm going to look at the delta. So, for example, if we were looking at the Yeti trade, this is going to be the series in which they would be reporting earnings. Um, and then after that, I'm going to look for usually around Delta 70 to Delta 50. So that would give me a range here. Let's see. Let me get the box on there instead of that circle. Your, your drawing abilities on the screen are unreal. Oh, <laughs> thank you. you. Like, like you got like the free pen, you, you've got the ovals, you've got the squares. I, I think you might have a future in creating NFT art. You know, it's, it's been the hot thing. You know, you, I mean, you're very, very competent in, in the drawing on the screen. So I'm thoroughly oh, impressed. You. Well, I'm not, I, we have a trading room over at Simpler Trading. And so I'm, I'm used to uh, presenting in this format. So I think it's really awesome, the format that y'all have, because um, I definitely like to draw on the charts. I used to be a teacher. So it's kind of something well, wait, I Okay, what did you teach? I used to teach elementary school, sixth grade. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Very cool. So anyways, basically what I do is I'm looking for a delta anywhere between really delta 40 and delta 70. I also like to look at the volume and open interest with something like Yeti, especially 53 days out. It's going to be, you know, there's not a ton going on here, but there's still a couple hundred contracts per strike, which is going to be fine for me. I'm also going to look at the spread. If you have a spread that's wider than I would say about 75 cents, um, that's when I really don't want to be getting into buying an option because it just, it's going to make it harder when you're spread. Like, like if your spread's like two or $3 wide, you're just not really going to get a good price on the way in. You're not really going to get a price on, get a good price on the way out. So that's the okay. time where I would pass. So I'm looking for the spread of 75 cents or less. Um, and then I look for the price of the option. So a lot of the trading that I do is, focus on kind of building small accounts. And so usually when I'm looking for a Delta 70 call, I want it to be about $10 or less. Um, so this would fit the bill. It's just a little bit early for me because most of the trades that I place usually are on a time frame of about two to three weeks. Um, but that's why I would just buy the stock here and then okay you know, kind of wait. But for people who like trading options on a longer dated basis, I think it's a good trade. I just, I just like to get in and out a little bit quicker. Yep. No, I hear you. And, and I definitely will sometimes do that. I'll, I'll like, I'll go like two years out on options sometimes. Really? So yeah. Not so, so, so like, 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 uh, here's an example. Okay. Ford ticker F that was like, that was like my big bull butt going into the year. And, and basically the, the thesis behind it was on, on the number side of things, you know, the, the, the multiples were fine, right? That the stock trades in line with the rest of the industry. So if I'm wrong, I'm not going to get cracked on it. 
And, and then the, the thing that I liked about it is that the company signaled to us that they're going to spend a ton of money on EV platform, right? Specifically marketing their EV platform. They had the first products out. They're just going to advertise it a ton. We, we have a lot of what I call EV energy, right? Where we've seen like these NEOs and Teslas and all those EV stocks, especially, uh-huh. you know, in the latter half of last year ripping. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I'm going to take this bet on forward. I'm going to go way out. I'm going to buy the, what, what did I do? I did the, the, the 2022s. The mm-hmm. January 2022s, um, you know, and and got the twelve dollars strikes, you know, you know, back back a few months ago. So so those are the scenarios where, you know, I I really don't have a ton of idea on timing for that, other than the company said they're going to spend a ton of money on marketing EV this year, um, and and so that's why I I chose to go way out on that one. I like it. I mean, I like the forward play. I think that they've done a really good job uh, climbing off of the lows. I Again, you know, you have that pullback and consolidation right into the 50 that I like to see. Um, you do have that earnings report coming up as well. You got that consolidation. I just, I love when you see a, a nice pullback to that 50 simple and then you get a wick on the bottom like that. Um, just shows, you know, buyers are coming in. They're confident on the stock when it's pulling back. So I like that a lot. And I think it looks good for an options trade right now, too. Um, I like your idea going all the way out into next year. If I was going to go. Huh? Another, another Ford bull. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, I do. I do. Uh, I do like Ford myself as well. I mean, I, I, I got a, I have two of them. So all right, there we go. All right. I, I like them. I, I, I like your whole EV analysis. I think on this one. I think I was looking for a spread. I, there's just not really a lot of juice in here for me to do a spread or anything like that. Um, but I mean, I like the options out in this April 28th series too for a shorter dated trade. What What's your price target on it? Do you have a target? No. So no, I mean, really. basically, I, I've been I've been you know when you, when I had the momentum right, I, I I sort of had this philosophy of let it ride. When I saw the momentum start to crack a little bit, as we have in the past few weeks, I started selling covered calls against the stock position that I have in it, right? Generate some income. I'm fine getting taken, right? If it's a 50% run in three months, I'm fine if my shares get taken away from me. Um, So so that's how I've been playing it. Hey, I I like that idea. And I mean, for something like this, too, that's so cheap. I mean, you could even just sell some naked puts down here if, um, if there's any premium. Let's see. It's not a whole lot of premium, but you could do it if you wanted to pick up some shares. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like the stock. I like the pick. There we go. All right. And another one for Ford. And, and let me ask you one more question. Yeah. Uh, you, you talked about butterflies a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, can, can, you, can you just take us through the, the, the butterfly trade and, and when and why you like using them? Sure. So I'll go ahead and use um, Microsoft as an, as an example Um, I have a butterfly on, on this one right now, and I'm going to be adding some more. Basically the reason why I like to use butterflies is because when you are just buying a long option, I mean, you're just buying that premium, right? And so when the market explodes to the upside, that that's perfect. Right. Um, but when the market is just sitting here and it's just, trading higher, lower, higher, lower, higher, lower. That's basically like death for a long call, right? So you just got that nice little time decay going against you. You got the nice time decay. Yes. And so for something like this, 
where I have a specific price target. If you're going to trade with Butterfly, you have to have a specific price target. Um, but what I do is number one, I use a lot of Fibonacci. So here's my Fibonacci 1272 extension level. Uh, that's going to take me right to about 252. Let's call it 250. So I like to look for a confluence between Fibonacci levels and then a key psychological value. So 250 is a pretty good number. I also like it because it is just right above the previous all-time high. So when you when and if there's a breakout on this ticker, um, it's likely going to go and retest that previous high and then go to the new all-time high. So first of all, setting up a butterfly on Microsoft, I like it because it's in the consolidation, uh, because I have a pretty decent target, I feel like. Yep. Um, also because you have a run into earnings coming up. So Microsoft historically... It does really well um, on the run into earnings. And so usually every quarter, I'm going to go ahead and trade that because it's just one of those things that, and let's see, I have my, I have another grid right here that I can show you. And I'm looking at, at Microsoft EPS right now. Uh -huh. They've beat, on EPS, they've beat 19 quarters in a row. Well, exactly, Holy exactly, crap. right? And and so this is a this is another grid that I have come up with. I call it the earnings hot zone, but basically it it goes and kind of calculates those numbers. So this grid is actually only looking at eight quarters, but I mean you can make it look at as many quarters as you want. Usually I look at the last two years, but on average you've got an earnings move of about ten bucks in the twenty one day period prior to earnings, which is about 4.5%. And then these bars right here, they're color coded to show, okay, did Microsoft trade higher 21 days in advance? If it's green, yes. Yep. Um, and so if you look at the zones, I mean, historically, that's what it does. So with this one, I set up some butterflies because of all of those reasons. So typically what I do is I place my long call right around where the price is currently trading okay um and then i place the short calls oops that was a little that was a little messy these are going to be the short calls right up here at the target and then you have another long call up here because that's just your protection so that you're not short too yep um so the reason why i trade the butterfly is because when the market's just chopping around like this it also works really well in a directional environment you just have to shorten the time frame is because this long call is kind of decaying while it's doing nothing but it will eventually make you money as price trades up into your zone but while the market's chopping you have two short calls that are staying out of the money and so those out of the money calls are decaying which is making money. And then yeah. this one is not really doing too much until price takes off. But the goal here is to keep the price from between where you are right now, which is 230 up into the target zone. So if you have a ticker where you have a decent idea as far as, okay, I think it's going to stay above this level and I think it's going to stay below this level 
then you can basically just set up um, a butterfly using that target zone as your targets. I mean, you could do it on Sonos. And, and how, how far out do you typically go when, when you're when you're setting those up? I usually only go about three weeks, but because okay. of the volatility as of late, I have been going about four or five weeks just because when you're in a directional market like this, it's really, really easy to do them so that they're expiring the next week and the week after because, you know, you, you wake up every day and the market's like, oh, goes higher, goes higher, goes higher. But when you're a little bit choppy, it takes a little bit longer. So mm -hmm. I have been doing them a little bit farther out. But I mean, for example, if we were going to do it on Sonos, I wouldn't want to do it in the earnings series. I would do it probably the week before. Okay. Um, looks like you can't actually, sorry, because we have a monthly, we have monthly options only on this one. Uh, but normally on, I would Sonos. just do it. Huh? Get, come on, Sonos, get, you know, that market cap off so you can get some weekly options on this thing. Exactly. So, I mean, same thing. I would just set it up. I would look for um, a confluence between that target. You've got 45 aligning. See, look at that. 45.88 is your FIB level aligning with the key psychological value, which is just right above the previous high. So if you set up a butterfly where you're targeting that 45 zone, um, and then you put your long strike down here, your short strike here, and another long strike up here. Basically, you are making money on your long as long as you stay here, and you're making money on your short as long as you stay below here. There we go. And, and, and if, if people want to learn more, they want to stay in touch, how do they do that? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, Trader Danielle is my handle. And then also have a free webinar coming up on Wednesday evening this week. And you can find the link at simplertrading.com slash repeat. And what are you doing on the webinar? So on the webinar, I'm going to be talking about the run into earnings. It's really one of my favorite quarterly setups that I use. Um, oh. there's, there's a lot of different setups that I trade. I mean, I trade the consolidation breakout. I trade the short squeeze. But this one is just based on the calendar system where you're looking for key tickers that are running into earnings. So this webinar is going to be about the run into earnings. All right. There we go, guys. Earnings season is coming. Don't be left out of strategy or just guessing. Be strategic about it. Producer AB is going to get both of those links in the chat, both for the webinar and for Danielle's Twitter. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. You gave us some, some awesome lessons here. You also showed us some stock setups. I don't think we could ask for anything better. Thank you. It's been awesome. Absolutely. Have a great day. You as well. All right. All right, guys. Yeah, I see, I see a lot of awesome chat comments in the chat saying great stuff. Hope she comes back. Yes, we're, we're absolutely going to have to invite her back. You know, will she accept our invitation? That, that remains to be determined. But we will at least make the ask. I, I can promise you guys that. And, and now it is time for our chat challenge. Zinger Nation is going head to head to head to head to head every single week. What is the best performing stock of the week going to be? All right, guys. It is that time of the week. We're, we're Zinger Nation. We are putting the ask out to you. I'm about to hop into the YouTube chat and spam this link here. I always have to squint. Sorry, guys. I really can't see well at all. I keep these glasses around my neck for quick access. See? But all right. Uh, we're, link is in the chat. You, you guys all have it. 
the the question of the week is we, we we've talked about the Russell quite a bit. We talked about how small caps have fallen out of favor. And so the question of the week is what is the best performing small cap stock of the week going to be? That is what we are asking Zinger Nation. Um, you know, small caps have gotten hammered. I've gotten creamed a decent bit because I own own a, a good amount of IWM. It, it, it makes up about 15% of my total portfolio. So when that thing's getting killed, here's a one-year chart right there. You know, it hurts, right? We got spied all-time highs. The, the, the Russell is a decent bit off of that. And so the question of the week is, what is the best-performing small-cap stock of the week going to be? Okay? And, and we're, we're going to use the, the definition small-cap pretty liberally here, all right? I've got it written down on my, my notepad that I used to prep for the show. I've got it circled. $10 billion, okay? $10 billion and below. That is the, the question that, that, that we're asking, all right? You got to say, what is the best performing stock that has a $10 billion market cap and below going to be that opens up a big universe? Of course, you cannot throw in your Apples or your Alibabas or whatever they are. I see somebody in the chat keeps asking about Voyager. We'll, we'll, we'll get to Voyager in a second here, hopefully, if we have time, because that's part of my due diligence lesson. Um, but again, guys, the question is, what is the, the best-performing small-cap stock of the week going to be? And, and let me go ahead. While you're entering it, I'm going to paste this link into the chat again. Let me, let me, let me preview you for the rest of the day. Uh, we, we have our young investor joining us, Talk Hot Stocks. He's always got interesting picks for us, a lot of stocks that I've never heard of. So he's going to be hopping on the stream with us in, in just a couple of minutes here. Uh, later today, if, if you like me, you, you, you can't get enough. Uh, I'll be back at 8 o'clock Eastern with Ruel in the chat for, for our, our weekly Ruel's report. Um, so, so that's at 8 o'clock Eastern. But, of course, we are going all day between now and then. Mondays, we go 12 hours straight per day, guys. So smash the like on the stream. Share the stream. We, we need to get the viewer count up, or, or otherwise Jason is, is going to go ahead and, and cancel all of this live programming on us. Look at he's not even here today. Maybe he'll make an appearance in a little bit. Um, so, so like the stream, guys. Smash that like button. Share it. We're bringing the trade ideas. Um, and again, in just, just a couple of minutes here, we're going to be bringing our young investor on. Uh, we're we're going to have our ETF show, pre-market prep at the close. Um, and then we're basically going all after hours until eight o'clock Eastern. And I'm going to add our special guest from the stream. What's up, man? Zach, how you doing? Hello. Can everyone hear me all right? Yes, sir. Brilliant. All so, right. We're in the middle of our chat challenge. Small cap stock. Do, do you have a favorite right now? I was, I, was about to, I was about to tell you about one right oh, okay. now. All right. I jumped the gun. Go ahead. Yeah. So today, well, my one of my highest conviction stock picks right now is Peak Fintech Holdings. It's on the OTC under PKKFF. PKKFF. All right, I'm logging you in here, young investor. And, and, and guys, as you're filling out this filling out this sheet, scroll down. Right, don't keep writing on top of everybody else. Scroll down. I'm going to put the link in the chat one last time. You've, you've got a minute left on the clock, uh, and then we're closing it for the week. Benzinga Pro. Can you believe that? It's a Benzinga Pro giveaway this week. Isn't that a good one? Benzinga Pro is an absolutely fabulous um, giveaway. Yep. We, 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 we haven't done it in a while. I got in trouble with this Benzinga Pro sales team. They said, Luke, you keep giving away like eight Benzinga Pros a day on the show. Uh, I can't sell any of them. 
and, and and so basically we said okay you know we'll, we'll we'll pull it back we'll stop but but this week it's back um it's a short week you know we got to celebrate a little bit yeah i mean there won't be any benzinger pros to sell if you carry on giving them away exactly so all right guys 30 seconds on the sheet get your guesses in there and 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 young investor do you what what stocks do you want to talk about today okay so i want to talk about pkkff all right let me pull up a chart here pkkff yeah i'm gonna put the ticker in the chat there it's sort of a tongue twister it's papa kilo kilo foxtrot foxtrot pkkff all right there it is Okay, so Peak Fintech Group are a small fintech company based in China, and they enable small businesses and small companies to be able to take loans from some of the bigger corporations. They connect all these previously um, underbanked maybe family businesses with the massive lending corporations and take a small fee. So in around 2018, 2019, the, they launched in China, and they did they, for the first year, they targeted one city as the kind of face to see if it actually worked, to see if they can make money. That year, they turned over $11.7 million in that one city. In 2020, they're estimated to turn over around $14 million now in 31 cities in China. And this year, they're going to be continuing their rapid expansion and growth. Now, I project around $250 million in revenue for this company. Right now, peak fintech group are most probably around the market up around $240 million. This is a company which is going to be growing 500 to 600% per year. It's so under the radar. It's going to have its whole market cap and revenue, which is phenomenal. And they recently announced they have plans to expand into North America this year and then have plans to expand into several different countries. In a few weeks' time, they're going to be uplisting to the NASDAQ. They may be doing a reverse split so they can get that share price of $5, which will allow institutions to start buying in. So peak fin- So I really do think this is such a huge potential. Um, they'll also get $15 million from a NASDAQ uplist as they're going to be selling... $50 million worth of shares, all to institutions, but I'm sure don't have any plans to sell them anytime soon. I've been loading up on this stock. I think it's really under the radar. When else do you get a stock which is going to have a whole year worth of revenue? It's growing 600% year over year. You've got a China stock. Yes, it's risky, but honestly, I found this stock and I was absolutely amazed. And, you know, you see all the, all the stuff like Upstart, which is trading at 10, 20 P ratios. This stock is trading at a zero P ratio right now. If it turns over that $250 million, if it if it goes to $20, that's a 10x. So that would just be around the 10 PE, which is hardly unreasonable in a market like this. So I think this is a stock which is one which I have I think has a such real chance of getting to $20 and beyond. In one year's time, I'm I, I'm thinking it'll be around $20. They've got revenue guidance coming out in a few weeks. Honestly, this is such a phenomenal company, and I'm very long on I'm long on the stock, and I've been buying every single day. Yes, there we go. Now that was a pitch right there. I've got a new soundboard today. Let, let's try out a new sound. Good, good, good. All right, that was a little anticlimactic, but there we go. All right, you, you, are, you are getting very good at these pitches. I mean, all right, so 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 let me ask you a few questions. So so something that's still not clear to me, I mean, this is the most basic one, is, is what exactly the company does. Okay, so in China... There's yep. loads, I mean, you can see it throughout China. There's loads of these small businesses 
which do not have access to even getting loans. Most probably small family businesses. Okay, so it's, very... it's, it's like it's a small business lender, basically. Yes, yeah, a small business lender. And are they the bank, or do they enable the banks to lend to these businesses? They enable the banks to lend to these people, and the best so it's thing a pure about tech play. It's not a banking play; it's a tech play. In 2020, they had a two percent. Two percent of people did not return the amount of money they had on loan. That's actually a phenomenally low figure of two percent. Um, this is just proving the kind of businesses they're going after. They look at the businesses in quite detail and look to see if they will be able to repay these loans. And all the fintech companies in China like them. Chinese government and local governments are giving them plenty of deals. And then that $250 million that I project is not taking into account a North America expansion this year. They recently per, uh, par partnered with the second largest steel manufacturer in China and the spokesperson there said this company has plans to expand into several different countries. I just finished reading um, Peter Lynch, one up on Wall Street, and he says he talks about all the kind of growth phases. I think this is a company which has at least seven years of growth um, ahead of it. Maybe one year from now, it might still be growing 100% year over year. If you're currently expanding to all these brand new country countries, I think it's just so cheap. And honestly, I'd be, but I think the fair value, at least, which is a super heavy buy zone, is anything under $5. So I think Yo. still then you've got around a 5x opportunity in the short term future. Okay, so and and you you said that they they went live in one city, right? Yep. And they made eleven million dollars there, mm -hmm. and and then they, it, it's thirty cities that that basically again, if you guys are just joining us, they they enable banks to lend to small businesses, but but the expectation is that they're they're going to be live in thirty cities, and that's where you get to your two hundred fifty million dollar revenue estimate. Is that is that a fair yeah. summary? So they're going to be expanding into even more cities this year to get to two hundred fifty million dollars. I say eighty to hundred. That they wow. got and a lot of a lot of partnerships with the small local Chinese governments right now. Obviously, they really like them because it's all Chinese, so you're not having all the outside kind of companies come in. And it's a company which has grown at such a rapid pace. They're originally, um, they've got offices in China, right? Um, in Canada right now, so they're probably going to be that's where where they're going to be helping expand to North America. I just think it's so undervalued. And also, just as a quick note, in a few weeks they're going to be changing the name to the Tenet Finance Group. Okay. And, and, and let me ask you this. How, how did you find this stock, right? This is a $2, million market cap OTC listed stock. How, how did this one come on your radar? Yeah. So a, re a regular guest on Spax Attack, JMac Investing. I'm a member of Discord. Okay. There's a penny stock channel and shout out to Jay Swedes and Mike the Penny Dropper who is in the chat. These guys are all really full blown on this stock in the penny stock channel. And they were, they were all talking about it one time while I was um, watching it. And I just thought, I had to look into this company. They were they were talking about a whole year's worth of revenue. So I was thinking, too too good to be true, right? So I go look. I've spent about probably I spent around the whole week, most of the weekend, researching this company. Extremely hard to find information on it. Yeah. Is so it, so how did you research it? Were you, were you reading their site? You have SEC filings. What, what what are you looking at when you dig into this one? Yeah. So all the financial documents I had to read right through because there's nothing on Yahoo Finance or anything. Had to read through all the financial documents and SEC filings on the website. Okay. So this this is part of the thing. You are investing in an undervalued stock where you've got literally no analysts covering it. The company has made, has not really been proven or recognized by the market yet. So I think you've just got to wait and obviously more and more information will come out if it, as that market cap starts to grow. But right now it's just such an under-the-radar company. You're going to be pretty hard-pressed to just go and quickly find information. You've got to be digging through those SEC filings and those financial documents. 
Yes, and 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 I I, I love what, what you said about there's no analyst coverage of the of the stock, right? The, the, these are the ones that I love, and and I I think you can really dig into Ooh, like, like yeah, when exactly. Five, five years, all Wall Street will be buying them. All the hedge funds will start picking up their stock in them. They've already had plenty of um, interest from hedge funds wanting to buy the stock when it uplists to the Nasdaq. As I said, they might need to do a reverse split, or the share price just explodes and gets that five dollars organically. Because when it hits five dollars, you're going to get a massive institutions coming in and buying this stock up. It's I've never really I've never seen a company so undervalued as this. I haven't been yes, the best let's go. You're bringing this, the energy today. This company, honestly, this company has more um and more upside. Back when I was looking at Arkimoto back in the day at around six bucks. Honestly, I've never had a high conviction play like this on a small cap stock with what they're going to be turning over this year. And a super conservative estimate, which I've seen is 150 million. That's half. At current gross, it's going to be around 250 million. I'm very excited for this. It's got everything moving in the right direction, and the market will eventually come to recognize and value this stock appropriately. Okay, and, and then the uh, the Nasdaq uplisting is that speculation, or did the company come out and say that they're gonna gonna be a Nasdaq traded stock at some point? Yep, the company's come out and said they're going to be a Nasdaq traded stock. We're expecting an uplist in the next three to four weeks. Okay, three to four weeks. There it is. We are, Undervalued we stock. Again, guys, ticker PKKFF. Uh, OTC right now, it is a small stock. I think it's super interesting. I'm not buying it right away. I want to do my own due diligence and dig into it a little bit. Um, but again, I, I love that that you you're, you like this. Because there's no analyst coverage, right? Like, like I'm going to drop in in the, the chat right now a, a stock that I dug into. It doesn't really have analyst estimates. It sort of does, but they don't update them. So I went and, and just like you did, backed into my, my own revenue estimate for this name. Use that to, to, to get a sense of value on this one. Um, and, and so basically next up for the stock, uh, you know, we, we have that, that NASDAQ uplisting and then earnings. Do, do you know when next earnings report is coming out? Um, late April. Okay, so so not too long, about a month or so, three three four weeks. Yep, and um, I think we're looking around twenty five to thirty million dollars in that quarterly earnings report at the moment from what the company's powers guidance. I mean, the company I haven't taken into account in that two hundred fifty million dollars any foreign expansion, and I don't know how much they can grasp in a company like the United North America, in a continent which is much more advanced. At the end of the day, there's going to be some sort of revenue there, which would add to $250 million in the next few years if you're expanding to more and more countries. Maybe some places in Southeast Asia, which, I, which I'm thinking about. This is perfect for Southeast Asia. Such an underbank, underbanked and such an underappreciated economy in Indonesia and the Philippines. I think this company just has such a unique focus to really expand around the world. I mean, look at a company like Upstart, which recently exploded. I mean, this company, I think Upstart may be at like $500, $550 million in revenue. I haven't done a deep dive. 250 mil in this company right there. It's completely not unreasonable to think there's going to be a 10x PE in the short-term future. And obviously companies like Upstart are like 20x, 15x PE. So being quite conservative, this is the kind of company which, you know, it's going to, make, I think, would make huge gains um, in the short term and the long term. Yes. All right. I love it. And and, and with, with the stock trading at $130 million market cap, uh, if they hit that, that $30 million revenue estimate that you have for, for the quarter coming up in about a month, I mean, that, that's only one-time sales. And a stock like this trading at even 10 times sales, if they are in fact growing that fast, is not crazy. Because they're going to be, you know, that, that growth holds up. They're going to be at a five-time sales multiple pretty damn quickly. So, yeah. so 
So it, it's interesting. Uh, what, one last question about this one that I, I want to talk about created in a second. Um, cash, how, how, how's the cash, cash position looking? Do we have risk of dilution, etc.? Yeah, created. So recently, created went on a phenomenal run. It was up something like forty-six percent in a quite short period of time in one whole day. NFT hype with the stop there. Um, I took the opportunity to sell off some of the stock. Obviously, oh my god! I mean, gosh. N- NFT hype. There was no, there was no real announcement. There's no announcement from the company whatsoever. Smart move is always sell out of mo- a lot of your position in that kind of situation and take your profits. I still do have some stock in created. Um, I do think Created does have, it's got dilution. I've always been clear it's about uh, there's going to be dilution risks. They're looking to acquire brand new companies and add to the current ones. Some great catalysts there. Some news came out recently that they hit that 20,000 paid vocal subscribers. They're aiming for 100,000 by the end of the year. So in the first one month or one month and a half of this year, they hit, they added, they doubled the amount of paid subscribers on vocal. If they can get to 100,000 vocal subscribers, which are far on the, and on track to hit right now. I think the stock does present a good valuation and opportunity at current current levels. They do always they always can like they always um, raise dilution. They do look to acquire new companies, which they can add around. They're doing a bit of VCing at the moment. And I I always keep my eye on this one just because there's that risk of what I call diversification. You um you diversify too much and the business turns out as a terrible um diversification opportunities. But right now they're in spaces which they know. So as long as they keep on the right uh, right track, I'm still holding some of my stock and created. But I did sell quite a lot of it when when the huge run of 46 percent came yep. because there's no way it could sustain it, and the next day it came crashing right back down. Okay, and, and and check this out, guys. So 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 that huge spike he's he's talking about, our young investor, that went from about five bucks to over 750. And that was rumors that this was another one of those NFT plays. We've seen the NF stock, NFT stocks going crazy. I don't know if we'll have time to get to them today. We might have to save that one and the due diligence lesson for tomorrow, unfortunately. But all right, so so created you still like. I'm going to ask you about one more stock, but first, so something that you said last last week when you were on uh, was that for your school you have to take two COVID tests a week. <laughs> yeah. Are you still taking two a week? Uh, those yeah, ones? Right now, yeah. Right oh, now, they hurt so bad. <laughs> I've gotten it three times. I teared up all three times. Are you yeah, used to I, it at this I'm... point? I always just sneeze loads as soon as I've taken it. Yeah, not a good feeling. All right, and then and then the stock that you talked about last week it was App. What what was the the farming one? App Harvest. Ticker A P P H. Yep. Yeah, so I I I haven't still really built up a huge position in the stock. I do really like it. I think that's phenomenal growth ahead. This is one of the companies which I believe you you're going to have serious growth in ten years. So instead of normal five, which some companies have, this is a 10, 15 year consistent grower. More and more food will be needed by 2050. Half the world's population, um, we need half and um, something like half more food or double more food by 2050. So this company is going to be there on the forefront of this. And with climate change, you want to try and get all your farming now to smaller portions, not taking as much of the land up. At Parvis is doing this perfectly. They only require a very small piece of land to get 30x the yield, which is also on the pro front of climate change. So it's helping the environment, growing 30x the yield, more food. One of the biggest opportunities of this play is organic food is extremely expensive for the ordinary and average person. This company, without putting any pesticides into their food at all, is basically giving you organic food, but for the normal price of the shop, as consumers demand even more and more in quality. 
and less less so in price and as they continue will going into the future yes and somebody in the chat that they've been paying attention you you pitched this one last week on the show yeah, I kramer said, had I the ceo on you you beat kramer to the punch i love it yeah i, I said on the last show that um, there was gonna be a crammer pump so I was also partially in it for that. And um, obviously then the CEO John for Web went on Jim Kramer, which um, gave the stock a nice boost on that day. All right, awesome. And, and, and out of those three we just talked about, so again, it was PKKF, F, CRTD, and then APPH. I'm going to guess that the PKKFF is your favorite of the bunch. Is that a fair assumption? Yep, that's 100% a fair assumption. Right now, I think Tesla and CleanSpark are my two biggest. Um, Tesla, Akuma, and CleanSpark are the two biggest in my portfolio. Our three biggest. Peak FinTech is right behind that number four. I really think this company is the most upside in my portfolio. I've just acquired over the last three days about 120 shares in it. I'm probably going to just carry on adding quite slowly now. But I do think if this company gets um, people start catching onto the company and more and more interest comes out, especially with that uplist in Nasdaq, when you're going to get institutions buying in and people on Robinhood and all the ordinary trading apps who can't access Peak right now because it's on the OTC, then you're going to see a big jump in the stock price. And I'm very excited for the long-term and near-term future. I can see the stock in three years down the road. If they can carry on with the revenue growth, carry on expansion, I can see it being a five, six, a billion dollar company if they can continue on the right tracks as they have over the last four or five years. They've carried on growing around 300 400% per year. Consistent growth. They've proven themselves in one city in 2019, are expanding constantly, constantly, constantly. They're going to be in a fabulous cash position with the $50 million from the Nasdaq uplist. And are in a reasonably good situation right now, but an extra $50 million to the balance sheet will be able to let this company have that foreign expansion plans and continue expanding to every single city in China. All right. I, I love it. I might have to add this one to, to the portfolio tomorrow, so stay tuned, everyone. Do a little bit of my own due diligence, right? I'm not, I'm not the the crazy Jason Rasnick, you know, just buying stocks out of the chat. It's been working very well for him, but but I'm gonna do a little bit. Um, but all right, fi- final words of wisdom. It, it, any final words of wisdom for us? Smash the like for Benzinga, but honestly, there we go. Smash that like button for young investors. That that I mean that that's you smash the like for for all the ideas you're bringing us. Especially like, ones like that Luke quit. said, twelve hour stream per day. 84,000 subs. You gotta be kidding me. Let's get Benzinga to 100,000 at least in the next, I don't know, two months. I think what these guys do is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, I, I always love coming on. And I think the most important bit in the stock market to, is always to have fun. There we go. Awesome, man. Zach, I appreciate you hopping on with us every single week, hanging out, bringing us the ideas. Your, your pitches are getting hot. I love the energy you brought for this one today. You got me fired up. You know, I was a little sleepy for the first hour of the show, and now I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. So so, one, so thanks for one coming. One last thing with PKKFF, looking to acquire a brand new company this week, which is one of the smaller lending players in China, and that will help them expand into another like 10 cities. So that's just something to keep on your radar for this week if they do acquire that, uh, that company. I can't pronounce the Chinese name. But yeah, if they do acquire that, you might see some positive movement from the stock. Awesome, man. All right. You, you brought the fire today. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, and, and, and thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks so much for having me on. And, 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 and Bruce AB, drop the links in the chat, how they, how they can stay connected both on Twitter and on YouTube uh, and, and keep the idea train flowing. Yeah. Um, it's a pleasure for, it's a pleasure for coming on. Awesome, man. All right, guys. How about that? Smash that like button. 
share this stream. Let's get this thing going. That got me woken up on, on the, this Monday morning. You know, the sun is shining. It was it was dreary before a young investor came on. He, he brought the sun out. He brought the energy out. We are ready to rock and roll, guys. Unfortunately, I've got to bounce. I'm going to leave you in very capable hands. Don't worry. Uh, but, but but I've got to bounce. I'm actually about to go talk to an ETF company and, and talk about you know some, some Benzinga partnerships that we can do on the ETF side of things. A uh, li- little bit of a preview. I'll be back at 8 o'clock Eastern tonight. Uh, for the Ruel Report, as we are every single Monday, we have our ETF show today. Tomorrow on the Power Hour, noon Eastern, that is this show. I'm going to do that that due diligence walkthrough, how I think about a stock, how I back into some of the numbers and, and find something like a strong fundamental story that I like. We also, we have to talk about NFTs. I want to do that today. We didn't get to it today. Um, but but I'm going to bring on some, some very good friends of mine. Uh, Producer AB, Mitch Hotch, welcome to the Power Hour, guys. I, I'm putting a lot of faith in you. To, to, Where's to, my to... horns? We're working with it. We we got a new. Let's see what we have. Let's try this one. Swag Hello, swag. cutie pie. How's Hello. that? Hello. Hi. How are we doing? How's it going, y'all? That's you got to get a deep voice with that one, producer. Maybe. Uh, after he plays that one, it has to get deep. Good morning. Oh, wait, all right. Here's a good one. Ready? How good of you to join us. Ooh, the there band. it is. That's a little scary. That's the right one, guys. I'm passing it off to you. Uh, I, I've got to get back to work, get back to building at Benzinga, guys. The email address, powerhour at benzinga.com. If you guys have a stock you want to pitch, hit us on that email address. We'll bring you onto the show, get, give you the floor, let, let you pitch them. Um, and again, tomorrow we're going to do we're gonna do a due diligence lesson. We'll talk about Voyager. <laughs> we'll talk about NFTs. Jim's stay tuned. Stay over. on the channel because my good friends here are going to bring, bring the ideas. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. So let's first, let's, let's take a look at what's moving out there. Um, so just pulling the gainers list here, uh, regular session. Of course, what do we see? HOFV trending higher. Um, I, I mean, let, let's talk a little NFTs. First of all, I want to, I want to talk to the chat here. Who out here has NFTs, either stocks or NFTs? Uh, l- let me know. Press a one in the chat if you got if you got some. I want to see how trending this really is. You know, young investor, shout out, shout out, definitely. You yeah, I put, know. The, I put the Twitter for young investor in there. So if you're not already, go ahead and fo- give give young investor a follow on Twitter. One hundred percent. I don't know uh, if you saw the video over the weekend. Um, I don't. I don't know if you got to see that. Did you get to see the video, producer AB? Of of what? The NFT, bro. The NFT on Saturday Night Live. Oh, no, I did not. It's, you didn't get yeah. to see it? You didn't get to see no. it? All right. All right. Just uh, we, we, we might get a, a little bit in trouble here, but what the hell? Let, let, let's have some fun here. L- let me let me pull it up here. Yeah, let, let's let's see. Like, let's see a couple seconds here from here. So I, I got it ready here. Just got to get the shared screen ready here. All right share audio boom boom all right so we're skipping a little bit into it here so we can have some fun who likes their day. nfts bro yeah you remember when i did this one for mitch mm-hmm. mitch is back back again oh man this is this is the nft game we got started man now what the hell's 
You, they did they make this video an actual NFT? It's it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, if that's the game that we got into, man, I mean, you could just imagine where these some of these NFT plays can get to. I mean, I I personally don't have. I wish I had some like NBA top shots. I wish I would have gotten some back in the day or last last NBA playoffs, but I don't have any right now. Well, well, shout out to Chris. I know he got some. I don't know how that 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 guy's always ahead of the game. Chris Ketchy, if you guys don't know him. Definitely uh, check him out on Twitter, but l let's take a look at HOFV today. Let's look at let's look at a one minute. You know, let's let's look at an actual trading. Yeah, let's get up trading close chart here, up minute, close and personal here. Pulling back a little bit here. So one thing it, I definitely would want to use. So just to give you guys some insight, let, let, let's use a little indicator here. My favorite indicator, the the VWAP. You know, you, you got to use that one. I, I know that some people like that one, some people don't. But hey. Uh, I definitely like to use it if I'm day trading, guys. So just give you an insight. That's definitely my favorite. So now, you know, we we started the day with like kind of a, a little a little flag that that really gave us the the first breakout, right? And then from there, we 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 kind of flagged again, broke out, tried to break out through the six fifties. That's really where we kind of got this turnaround right here. Um, the high of today six forty eight. Now we're pulling back towards these low, these supports right here. This 570s. That's kind of the area that I'd watch to see how it reacts. Um, kind of if we can get some support, some volume to kind of spike down here, it could be someone taking the support, buying into that support. So that's why I'd watch here um, with HOFV. I think it's going to have its, its up and down moves. They're going to be quick ups and then quick downs. So you definitely got to be careful on both sides of these trades. But it's an interesting chart, just to say the least. Yeah, that's one that I've definitely kept my eye on. I'm not in it. I got to say that, you know, full disclosure, I'm not, I don't have any open positions, not, not holding a stock. So I'm just kind of been watching it. Um, and it seems like that's one of the, you know, that's one of the ones that's going to keep moving in the, in the NFT space. It'll be interesting to watch. All right. So let's go ahead and see what other stocks are moving on the day. If you guys want us to take a look at any tickers, put it up in the chat especially if they're NFTs and we could check them out here. Uh, Carl's talking about W key there. That doesn't look like a, a bad one to talk about. Um, one thing that I can talk about is Mara Mara. Let's take a look at some Bitcoin life. All right. So we, we did get a lot of ones, a lot of ones for NFTs. Now let's hear about the Bitcoins. Who who's holding some coins who holding at least some, some Mara, some BTBT, some riot, where, where they at? Let us know what you got. Where are the rockets at, John Doe? Where are the rockets at? Let us know what what you got, man. All right, so let's let's see what Mara did today. It looks like uh, Bitcoin going up a little bit, so we could take a look at this chart. Man, this is one of those really quick spikers right out the gate. Nine thirty, nine thirty four. It went from like thirty eight eighties all the way up to. 40 40s and above so definitely some day traders jumping on that momentum and then getting washed out that's how it goes sometimes guys so let's look a little bit on a deeper time frame here 15 minute chart um so th this is when you can kind of see a little bit more of the levels um so i, I definitely you see the support here close towards 38 um Wait, kind of doing this what high did it hit earlier today the high is of the 40 day. 44 exactly wow 
So okay. it, it did a quick move up. So what do you what do you see in this pattern? Do you see anything there? Do you see anything that it looks like? Time to test AB here live. Oh, we're are we talking about a little? Yeah, yeah uh, I'm testing you. I'm testing you. Handle we're looking at. Oh, oh, a little test, a little test there. I'm seeing a so little kind of a, a little uptrend, right? Okay. A spike. There we go. All right. So let's get the cup. The cup. There we go. All right. And so now, what do we need? We need a dip, and then a handle. So uh -huh. now, now we're starting to get that push. Let's see if we can get this push through this high and get back up there towards the 3950s. And then we'll um, be ready to, to have a little tea party with the one of the things that I'd look at for always confirmation of patterns is volume. So you're seeing how you got this downtrend action on mm -hmm. the volume. You want I'd look for a nice spike bar, something like up here while while it goes through resistance. Because when when you get through resistance, you want to have high volume. Because if you can get that high volume, that's how you get to that next level, that momentum push up. So it's going to be interesting here. You guys can make fun of my drawings. I can't blame you, but <laughs> no NFT sellings on those drawings. Let's just say that. But Mara, it's going to be interesting. Bitcoin, where is it going to get to at the end of the year? I'd love to hear some guesses out there in the chat. Do you guys think Bitcoin will get to 100,000 by the end of the year? Press one. If you guys think Bitcoin doesn't, press two. I'd love to see where the, the chat stands on Bitcoin. But as you can see, uh, a lot of people talking about Mara, Riot. Some people say they sold the move, <laughs> that rip right there today. I can't blame them if they Which didn't. one is Mara and, and my, do they mine Ethereum too or they just stick to Bitcoin? Do you know? At least it's showing here Bitcoin, but let's see in the overview if we got anything a little bit more about Ethereum. Um, if you guys know a little bit more about Marathon and exactly what they're uh, mining, let us know here in the chat. I, I, I haven't traded Mara since whew, since back in like, I think 2018, but it, it is an interesting stock up today, eight and a half percent. Looks like we're getting we're getting a mix here, ones and twos, ones and twos. Some people don't think it can get towards that hundred thousand level. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. You know, I might, I might. What do you think? What do you think, man? I think we might test some new all-time highs. You know, around sixty-five thousand seventy here in the next couple of weeks. But I'd be surprised if we get all the way up to a hundred. Honestly, you said within a year. Yeah, at the end I mean, of the year, knows? there's a lot of people talking yeah, about it. Who knows? I mean, we saw it run up like, you know, from twelve thousand to sixty within like the last three months or whatever. So you know, who knows? Tiago, I don't think they're mining oil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a look. No, but I was curious about Ethereum because obviously Ethereum is the one that's being used more to power the NFTs. Mm. So, you know, some of these go. Bitcoin mining plays might be getting a little NFT push as well. I'm just pissed. Uh, I, I had Ethereum the day that the Dogecoin started rocketing and I picked the wrong one. I woke up, I said, Man, Doge up 70% already. Should I grab that one? That was the day that it went up like 500%. Um, and that's how it goes. You snooze, you lose in this market, at least. All right, guys. So uh, let's take a look at some other stocks there. <laughs> look, did you just, is, was that real? <laughs> was that real? Hold on. Let me, let me see that wick there. 
All right. looks like we're pushing a little bit in Mara. Hey, hey, guys, if you guys are enjoying that Mara stock out there, I, I know there's somebody having some fun out there right now. Um, I, I don't know if you watched, but um, there's a couple of kind of smaller stocks that I, I think might take over the GME craze here. Um, this is one that I'm out of now, but might get back in. I, I might do it right here on on stream here with you guys so this is genius brands guys the genius life i know that you guys like some hype stocks so i brought the hype here um so the truth is uh there's there's a marvel conference tomorrow guys so they got that conference tomorrow that's coming they got a lot of news a lot of news and, and i'm gonna show right here why i like this stock so much is really the one hour chart um if, wait if when you, you look, say marvel are you talking like superheroes yeah, dude, like the superheroes, yo, they have a di- they have a deal with Disney, you know. So, so we're gonna see some like Superman NFTs. So this is the stock that actually owns Stan Lee rights already. So just to give you a little insight on that, um, so you know Stan Lee's name, I mean, you, you know how good that is. I'm surprised have. Marvel and Disney don't somehow own that already. L- look at this move here that you can get and draw from on the one hour chart. This is one hour and this is all the way back from the 4th of March. I got in this stock at 168 guys and I was able to sell out in the 250s. Um so right now I'm kind of watching it because it did this kind of big move up towards $3 and then I sold it on this pullback when you know we were kind of concerned on Friday. Um so I've been watching it to see if it can test this line again and, and maybe hold it one more time. But it's been interesting because it keeps testing that line. And every time it tests, it comes right back up, right back up, right back up. And so this is how you can find sometimes lower support uptrends that you can look to target to get your kind of risk and reward profile in in a big mover like Genius. All right, guys, what what do you guys think? What do you guys think about the uh, Genius? Go ahead and put a one if you're a bull, two if you're a bear in this one. All right. So one of the things that I would say is, you know, they're saying, what if it's a sell the news event? Well, the problem with that sell the news event is that this is not the only catalyst that's coming. I've talked about this stock on Power Hour before. So what I'm watching is the flow of catalysts or if news flow in here and the news flow is just going to keep coming out. So they got that PR, right? And then in early April, they got the new Shaq show coming out. They got the Arnold Schwarzenegger show coming out. They got rumors of supposedly they could maybe get into NFTs. They got rumors of um, also uh, another one that, and this is a strict, a, a little bit out there kind of rumor. They've been talking about uh, trying to uh, attack Elon Musk to try to get a, a cartoon made out of him. Um, that could be another interesting play. But in the next three weeks with a couple of shows coming out, the Roblox connection, Disney connection. There's just a lot of connections here. And and, and in the end, this is a stock that was hyped at one point. You know, if we look at the five year, look at, look at the five year, this stock, this stock rocketed at one point, you know, it had a high of 1173 now has come down. But what I, what has really drawn my attention is once we started getting these moves with high volume, because that's what you need to break out a stock that was, was pretty much dead for like a year. You need some high volume to really get this stock moving. And then if you follow it on the daily, it doesn't look too bad, you know, with that uptrend, even on the hourly, you know. So just kind of I'm following that uptrend. 
I would love for it to test 250s again, but we'll see what happens with Genius. I like it. You know, I'm liking the pitch. I like the fact that, I mean, if they own Stan Lee's name and, and his rights outright, then then it seems like they're going to be able to to make some money off that because people love i mean people love the marvel movies people love you know stanley's comic books and all that and and i expect that to if if they don't make like the logical next step would would be for them to get into nfts don't you think mitch yeah i mean it makes sense they got cartoons they got all all this content why not make nfts you know it definitely at least on that aspect it makes sense in my eyes i can feel like i can talk a little bit more freely now that i'm actually out of the stock um, but yet I feel like this one is a big play. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I was up sitting in this stock over 50, 60% multiple times and didn't sell because I, I saw bigger vision for this, for this stock. Um, and, and there's just a lot in play. The real question I think that's going to happen here is they have a subscription model, right? Um, they, they do have their partnerships with like content, but they also created their own subscription model. Where let's say if you were a parent, AB, um, you know, I don't want you to be that big, that quick of a parent, AB. But no, if you were a parent here, here down the road, let's see. If you were a parent here, you know, one thing that I've noticed is they they have a a really cheap plan here. It's about five ninety nine for for to get the the package, the content, and you could just keep watching that content consistently. You know, and, 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 and that's a little, that's, that's something that, you know, I think, you know, as parents coming out of the pandemic, if you can just spend $5, get all the content you want for your kids, it's, it's not, it's not that bad. Um, Daniel, does Disney own Marvel? Yes. Yes. That's what they're in talks with. Um, that's what we might hear of tomorrow and we're going to get some more information. So it will be interesting. You know, they they said it was going to come out at the end of the month. We got talks. It, it could be tomorrow at the conference. So we'll see what happens. That'll be an interesting one to watch. Any other uh, kind of penny in your game, man? Anything up your sleeve? Any any small any smaller stocks you're asking me if I'm looking at? Yeah, if not the chat, let us know what 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 kind of um, what kind of pennies are are out there? What what kind of games out there? I don't know if I have any like real small stocks I'm watching right now. No, no, none, none. Call your name. All right, so let's let, let's take a look at, at some other ones. I, I did see W Key mentioned uh, a couple times. Oh yeah, that's what's good. that we, one we, doing? We had their uh, CEO on. on that's that NFT Friday. player, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. that looks interesting. I mean, it, it's it's just I'm trending on the weekly uh, a little bit slower now, um, so it doesn't seem the the biggest exciting right now. Um, I, I personally, at least from the the chart, I'd watch more of HOFV. At least for right now, that chart seems to have some more momentum, some more ignition there. Um, I did hear talks of of Kathy and then the space ETF, um, so we can go into that. But let, let's see what's in, let's see what the chat's mentioning here. Daniel's mentioning Clean Clean Spark. Let's take a look at it. All right, let's take a look at the the daily here on Clean Spark. You know, one thing I'd say is that, you know, this, this is starting to bottoming out. It, it looks like it's trying to bottom out here. Um, but one thing that you have gotten is that it did have this floor, right, at 25, and then you cracked that floor. So you got to look for that next level, right? If this was kind of that level from right here, if we use all H, 
Um, if, if this was kind of that level, you look at the next level down, and then that's kind of how we got that that big down day that where we went towards those 1750s and went kind of towards this resistance prior in, in, in the 15th of December. And so the question is, can we kind of hold near these levels again? I would look from 20 to about 1750 here. If we can hold somewhere, create another bottom there and then start trending back up, that would get me excited. But it's but it's scary because that 1750 could crack and the next level down is down towards about 15. Yeah, I want to see it coming back up before I get back into this one. Yep, uh, and that's exactly what I would like to see. I, I always look. So, so you know, one thing is with this gap down, right? And that was, I'm pretty sure, the offering they made right here um, on on the 15th. And so, uh, look for it to come back towards that shadow with some big volume, and then maybe it could uh, kind of close that shadow. And then when we close that shadow, is this going to be really important to watch where it broke down from, which was that 30 price point? and see if we can get back above those 30s. Yeah. I mean, this is one that I've been watching for a couple months. Shout out Jack Hurley. Can, uh, pitched this one on Power Hour a few months ago. Let, um, let's let's find some cheap movers here. Instead of, instead of looking at a price target here on Benzinga Pro with an infinity, let's look for something down all the way to its $10. So now we're... We're, we're we're filtering here, but we can get some plays that are moving, and, and maybe we find something that's on the move today. All right, so let's okay. take a look at some of these charts. I'll, I'll I'll take a look if there's anything that really stands out. You know, one thing that I'd want to look at is volume. You know, volume to me matters more than kind of even this change. So let's pull that to the side. I want to see something that has you know million shares of traded, so that at least you know if you're trying to get in this, you have some liquidity. Um, so let's go ahead and take a look here. There's this, uh, this is just coming down as soon as this, this one just downtrended all day. Mogo, Mogo, this is one that's interesting. It's, it went up towards that 12, pulled back towards the eight. Um, looks like they launched a Bitcoin cashback mortgage program. This is interesting here. Let's take a look at this chart, see what we see here. Nick, I see you. I see you. I'll get to that one next. I got you. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you've got some tickers in the chat, throw them out there and also tell us kind of what time frame you're looking at. If you want us to look at it from like a, you know, daily, weekly, monthly. Mm, this is interesting. This is an interesting 15 minute chart. I don't know if you see this kind of easy sticking out downtrend, um, but you, you can kind of see it's it's starting to to oh, try to that, create man. a bottom, you know. It. And, and and I mean, if you wanted one of the things that you can do here, you can either draw, try to draw it from the wicks or you can try to draw it from the body when sometimes you are going to have to draw the resistance at the body because wicks show extreme price. And so sometimes that could have been just an extreme price that just kind of spiked up and went over that level there. So it's interesting to watch here. Um, we are getting some bottoming action here by this 860 and this 880, it's interesting that the day, you did get some volume to jump in there right back in towards those 860s. And then it came back and, and, and touched that 860 and quickly recovered. I would look for maybe an attempt back down towards the 70s, but really we needed to get back above the app around that $9 to see it look like it's trending back up. But it does have a catalyst today, so you never know when it can get back up there. What do you think about this one, A.B.? I mean, look, 
I'm not in this one. I'm not, I'm I'm kind of staying away from what's it trading at right now? Five or sorry, eight dollars and eighty-seven. I don't have this one. I mean, like I said, like 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 the same thing with Clean Spark, the one we were looking at right before this one. I want to see it kind of make start making that move upward before, which it looks like right here, Mogo might be trying to do right there at the very bottom. But I want to see it start making that move up a little bit before I get into it. And it's okay if I miss out on a, on a little on a couple percents percentage points on the bottom there if it starts coming up five ten percent and i get into it i'm fine with missing out on a little bit i want to see that action on the way back up it's an interesting stock definitely has gotten some love uh, some traders definitely trading it it always trades in the millions of shares so that at least helps you at least have some liquidity in the stock but you do need to see big spikes to see those big moves all right, let's go ahead and let's get into some of the ones from the chat. I did see some mentioned here, so I want to get back towards one. Uh, let me roll up here. MRKR. That that one's definitely one that I don't even know. So I'm going to have to give you straight up technicals. Marker. The mark. The mark. You know about the mark? I've heard. Yeah, I've heard this. I don't really know too much about it. All right, let's take a look here. Let's take a look. The daily chart seems like it's just going sideways. One thing I definitely mentioned is that, you know, when a stock just goes sideways, you need some momentum, either or, whether it's the downside or the upside. And a lot of that times the momentum is going to come from, it's going to come from volume, guys. So let's see, let's see the daily volume, see how it is, see how it's kind of pulling back that volume. So right here, um, if we draw kind of a, a trend line. All right, guys. So one thing I definitely do see is a bottoming action on this one. So I understand why you would kind of be mentioning this one. It does have that bottoming action somewhere here in the 225 area. But the interesting thing is that you're not getting that same volume spike. Here you traded 64 million shares, right? I'm not sure what this day was, but my my eyes, I would look for another day where I can get like 30 million shares traded, even 10 million, but not like it's trading right now where it's trading only 2.14 million. That can easily just turn around and crack this 220. Um, so it's going to be interesting. If it could get some volume, it, it you know, Towards that 260, it would be interesting because it did have this spike out day and kind of a gap fill on the downside. Sometimes when you get those gap fills on the downside, you get some buyers to step up in the support, and then it brings it right back towards that push that you had. All right, all right. Looks like who's that in the background? We we got so many people in here. It's it's exciting. Answer. We got Drew. We got, we got David. Drew. We got Drew. A it's a, it's a party, bro. It's a party. Drew, you're welcome to join if you want. You're welcome to join on. Uh, I I know Spencer's Spencer's in the back getting ready for some option life. Uh, I'm I'm super excited about learning some options. You know, one thing I don't know about you, Aaron. I can't trade options, bro. I don't know. Can can you trade options? Oh, I try. I do my best. <laughs> I David Green here trades everything. He's not he we he does some options, I believe, but but he's he's doing everything. We've got just live trading with David going on. Um I believe that's gonna be fun. I, I you know you know one of the one of the things that I'm really loving about Benzing is we're starting to get to the point where we have so many different personalities and trading styles that come on and, and really that's what trading's about. It's learning that there's not one road to success. 
and that you have to find what works for you. Find what works for you. Sometimes it's going to be these rockets. Sometimes it is. You know, and if it is, and if you're doing great at trading these low price, low float, big movers in the day, then, hey, power to you. Pull the account and have some fun. Enjoy. Always remember your risk because when you do trade like that, you got to understand there's also the other side of it. When you win big, you also more than likely can lose big if you don't manage that risk. And then so uh, it's going to be fun to continue watching the different styles. Learn something. Every single person that comes on here has something that they learned that you can learn from also. What What do you think, Drew? How are we doing, guys? Yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying there. Everyone has their unique investing slash trading strategies. I know Mitch likes his technicals. Um, I'm not too big into technicals, but I'm always willing to learn, you know? So definitely agree with you guys. Yeah, there's just there's just so many now. I even enjoy it. I enjoy learning from different fundamental specialists, whether or, or like I've learned from Dennis, the story. The story matters, man. And in this market, poof, story is almost everything. And it, it does go away for a second, but it's right back. The story matters more than anything. And, and I mean, you could look at certain stocks that are ripping today, and the story is what gets things going. And it's going to be fun to watch how things continue with either be NFT stories, Bitcoin stories, cannabis stories. It could be cannabis. I mean, I know cannabis has been pulling back, but let's take a look at some of the cannabis plays. But I think you can have a next ride with one simple mention of legalization. Where are these cannabis stocks going to go? To the moon. <laughs> They're going to get high. I'll tell you that much. Sundial five dollars. No, no, but yeah, yeah sun, sundial. I mean, I heard some 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 talk of, of GWG. You know that that was a monster. That was a monster. I mean, that went all the way up to seventy. I think from about ooh, four dollars. I, I mean, look at this chart. Look at that. Yeah, we're, talking about, grow, we're talking grow G right yeah, now. Yeah, this right? is this is grow grow G from four to sixty eight. This is like the, a, one of the OG, you know, cannabis monster, stocks. Monster stock there. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if anybody traded that one. I'll tell you right now, <laughs> you guys would laugh at me, but I was like, oh, yeah, short it here. Oh, no, 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 short it here. Oh, no, 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 short it here. Yeah, I got it right here, but holy moly, I would have been paid up. I, they would have put some pain on me on this one. So that's why I, I, that's why I don't do it. I'll, 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 I'll do it mentally. But I don't short like all time highs, like just trying to call the top because it's tough. What do you guys think? Yeah, I actually have some grow generation in my portfolio. Uh oh, uh oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got a decent cost basis. But yeah, when it was up big, you know, I liked it a little bit more. Um, I, I still think they're huge. They've got a sick opportunity with hydroponics, like really cool market. So I like them. Uh, we'll see how far they go, though, or see how far they grow. There yeah, you go. Definitely. It, it's going to be interesting. All right. So if you guys got one you guys want me to take a look at before we get on out of here, I think we got about about five minutes left here, and then we'll be introducing a, a show here. So um, I'm going to see. You got anyone you want to take a look at, Drew? 
Uh, cannabis or any stocks in general? Any any stock in general. That's the oh. fun part about it. What do you guys think about Credit Suisse? What that ticker is that? Big... Uh, what is their ticker? C- I think it's CS. Yes. CS. Oh, CS. oh look, 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 look at Spencer on the move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you can tell, I don't trade too many banks. Um, l- l- let's see what do we got here. This is. This is what is it doing? A gap fill back up? At least that's what it looks like. You know, a lot of times when you get these, what was its low downs, this morning? Did it, it opened at its low and it's been climbing back since? Uh, around eight fifty, it hit its low, but right at the open, you did get a lot of volume to step in. So that could be people taking their their hit. <laughs> they were up here. They woke up and was like, "Oh man." What happened here? <laughs> what happened here, guys? And then so they put their sell order on 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 just whatever platform, and as soon as it opens, it tries to sell. And so you see a flux of, of high volume, but it, it really did hold kind of that third bottom really close there by that eleven ten. Could have maybe risked off that eleven. It's looking strong now. It's looking like it wants to come back towards that high of eleven fifty nine. What do you see in this, Drew? Yeah, it looks like a hedge fund kind of exploded. Luke was talking about this earlier on the show. Um, $20 billion kind of being distributed to their banks and whatnot that they work with. So Credit Suisse being one of them. Um, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. I don't think this thing, it might dip some more, but I think there is some value, right? You know, one of these one-off events. That's why I love to get it, you know. One of the first trades I made was when Volkswagen got hit with their uh, diesel scandal. And, you know, Mm. this is kind of ringing the same bells in my eyes. Whenever a company, like a really big company that has a great name, great reputation, just gets absolutely schmacked, I like to step in. Hey, you know, one thing that you got to pay attention to is, you know, with negative catalysts, I always question, will there be a following negative catalyst and so that's 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 really the kind of the question because sometimes it gets priced correctly like it could be that hey maybe the low here is that 1110 here and and that's the the pricing should be kind of uh, met there but another catalyst could come in you know and and the question is is the selling party done you know that's i think that's what everyone's questioning um we'll have to take a look here in in the next couple hours but we are seeing a little a little bit of a turnaround there in the spy now uh, i i i think you got to keep your eye out also on the major markets a lot of people are are wondering what's going to go on with the major markets today we've had you know kind of down up down up down up so many ups and downs i don't i don't think i can call it it's it's fighting to get to, to, through that 400. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I think we'll tap it. I don't know if we'll break through it strong, but I think we'll work our way up there. Honestly, I think the, the SPY is you know decently positioned. I think the NASDAQ is super interesting, right? QQQ. Let's um, do it. Kind of in a little bit of a range here. Using some of my uh, technical analysis skills, maybe. Uh, 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 oh. <laughs> Probably not great. Um, but it's kind of up, down. It, it does not look nice, right? 
Um, yeah, you, you know, I, I, for for bigger indexes, you know, we could use kind of more of a weekly, see see what's going on here. One thing that I've noticed and I've pointed out was the intense amount of volume. Like, I mean, look at this. I mean, I know it's sideways time, so they usually get some more volume, you know, but l the only time I can compare this volume, I mean, we kind of, we trended down, trended down, trended down, trended down with volume and then big, big spike. So I think, you know, we're getting ready for a big move either way, up or down, whichever way it's going to go. It's going to be a fun ride, you know, and I'm going to be waiting to see what happens. I'm kind of more in a wait and see moment. I don't know about you, Drew. I'm 50% cash right now, ready to put some cash to work, but I have to see some trend. And so that's what I'm trying to see right here. Ooh, I don't know if I'm a big fan of cash right now, um, you know, with inflation concerns, but maybe some de-risk assets, some silver might be cheap, some gold could, I mean, it's high, but if inflation hits, maybe some BTC, if you want, you're feeling a little risky. Um, but yeah, I'm not a huge fan of cash right now, but I, I do like, you know, sitting back. Cause I think, you know, Michael Burry, someone I, I love to watch and, you know, his, see his posts on Twitter. He was freaking out. The SEC had to pull up to his house and say, like, calm down a little bit. Um, so we, we could see some wild movements. Oh, so so Drew's over here, a little gloom and doom over here, talking about inflation and hedging with Bitcoin. Uh oh, looks like we got Mitch on mute. The old no, no, no. I mean, at the end of the day, inflation's real. Inflation's here, but there's also money. There's also supply. There's definitely um, money. You know, you know um, and, and that's 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 another thing to keep in mind. You know, with inflation, there is inflation. Certain people have it tough, but then there's also people that have been making good money and just got a boost to invest. And so maybe those people are looking for investment. Certain people that are going through some troubled times probably don't have an account to start with and not to be mean. It's just, it's tough. I mean, if, if you can't pay the bills, it's very, very hard to invest, you know? So um, it's going to be interesting to watch what happens out of this market. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.